Thank you, Pastor Nick. So let's continue to pray for Jeremy, for Pastor Nick and Cindy. And Pastor Nick is our pastor, but he also needs our prayers. So let's continue to pray for him. Well, welcome to you here online and in the sanctuary. We're glad that you are here today. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to a small book in the Old Testament called Haggai? And we will look at chapter 1. So it is close to the end of the New Testament. Uh, sorry, the Old Testament. <laughs> it is a small book there. Haggai chapter 1. And as you're turning there, I'm just going to give you some background information. The Jewish exiles had returned from Babylon in about 538 B.C., it was then that they began to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed in Jerusalem. So they started right away, but they were not able to finish because their neighboring uh, people were their enemies and they hindered the rebuilding happening. After experiencing opposition from their enemies, they stopped and no further work had been done on the temple for about 10 years. And then in 520 BC, Haggai delivered a message from the Lord encouraging them to rebuild the temple. And that's what we're going to be reading from. So Haggai chapter 1, starting from verse 1, and we'll read 12 verses. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? On August 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you are not satisfied. You drink, but you are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you're putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of heaven army, heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down the timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought in your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God when they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Let us pray. 
Father, indeed, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your blessing and for the truth that is contained in your holy scriptures. And we pray, Father, that indeed you would speak to us today, that you would speak, Lord, and help us to listen to your word, to listen to your voice. And we pray that you would help us to be obedient and to make necessary changes so that we can be honoring and glorify you. And so, Father, may you bless this time and may you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Zerubbabel was governor of Judah, and Jeshua, the high priest, were key leaders in rebuilding the temple. They had already reestablished the altar, but the work on the rest of the temple had slowed down and came to a stop. Haggai encouraged the people to finish rebuilding the temple because it was the focal point of Judah's relationship with God. It was the relationship that God had with his people. They had stopped because they experienced opposition from neighboring enemies, people who came and discouraged them and caused them to neglect the temple, thus neglecting their worship of God. God asks them how they could live in luxury while his house was lying in ruins. And the sermon today is one that is calling us to consider ourselves. It's one that is calling us to question our behavior. You see, if you ask people, if you ask the people of the day, why didn't you finish or why don't you finish rebuilding the temple? They would tell you because their enemies were hindering them. It's because of our enemies that we can't finish the work. It's because of what they're doing, they're, negle- they're causing us to neglect the work of the Lord. Now, it's easy for us to make excuses, right? It's easy for us to blame someone else for why we couldn't do or why we can't do something. And it's easy for them to make up an excuse and to say it's our enemies. And while that is partly true, the real reason that they were not rebuilding the temple was because they were busy doing something else. They were busy building their own homes. They were busy beautifying where they were living and building their own homes. You see, building our own homes can symbolize us building our own lives, doing our own thing, and thus neglecting God. Building our own lives that we're so busy and that we forget making God a priority. What the people were doing was putting off their duties and their responsibilities. They were neglecting the work of the Lord. They were neglecting their responsibilities, not only in the temple, or you could say church, but they were neglecting worshiping God and giving him first place priority. That's what they were doing. Think about it. They certainly had time to do other things. You see, they were busy doing their own thing while they were making excuses. Their excuses were, well, it's too hard, right? Or excuses could be, we don't have enough money. 
We don't have enough time. We don't have enough manpower or resources. We don't have this or we don't have that or the people are causing us, you know, not to be able to finish. They're causing opposition. They're discouraging us. And it's just too hard and we can't do it. You know why they couldn't finish building, rebuilding the temple? It's because they didn't make it a top priority. In verse 2, it says, The people are saying, The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. In other words, what they were saying is, God, it's not time yet. Right? It's not time for us to do that yet. There's too much opposition. Our enemies are against us. There's too many things going on. There's too many things that are causing us not to be able to do it. So the time has not yet come. But when things are good, when our enemies stop attacking us, when the things that we need to do get done, then we'll get to it. That's what they were doing, okay? Follow me on this. That's what they were saying. The time had not yet come, but when it does come, then we'll get to it. You see, if we're always waiting for our situation to be perfect or to be ideal, we're always going to be waiting. If we're always waiting for things to be just as how we hoped or planned or dreamed, then we're always going to be waiting because nothing is ever going to be perfect. Nothing is ever going to be exactly as we had planned it to do. There will always be something that comes up that tries to get in the way, that tries to discourage us, that tries to hinder us, but it's our responsibility to make it a priority. It's our responsibility to try to make it a priority. You know what I'm talking about. You, you try to do things, right? And a phone call comes, or a text message comes in, or you know, you get lost scrolling through social media, or you realize your favorite television is on, or you have to cook something, or the laundry needs to be put into the dryer, or this or that. There's so many things that get in the way. There's so many things that come up that we can get so busy doing everything else that we forget to make God a priority. We try to read our Bible, but something comes up. We try to pray and have that communication time with God, but something comes up. We try to go to church, but something comes up. We try to watch the service online, but something comes up. We try to join a Bible study or a small group through the week, but something comes up. You see, there's always going to be something that comes up. There's always going to be something that comes up, that creeps up, that tries to cause us to turn away from or neglect God, but it's our choice to make worshiping God a priority. It's our responsibility. Instead of rebuilding the temple, the people put their energy, their time, their money, their talents into beautifying their own homes. They made their lives and what was happening in their lives a priority instead of God. In verses 5 and 7, twice this appears. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. He says, look at what's happening to you. 
And then again in verse 7, it says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, saying to them, look at what's happening to you. Look at what's happening to you. In other words, look at your situation. Look at what's going on. Don't you see what's happening? In the New International Version, it says, give careful thought to your ways. Look at what's happening to you. Give careful thought to your ways. So they were caused to look at their situation. He says, you have planted much but you harvest little. You eat, but you're never satisfied. You drink, but you're always still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can never seem to keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Don't you see what's happening? Look at your situation. Look at what's going on. He wanted them to see what was going on in their lives. That no matter how hard they tried to work, no matter how much they tried to build and accumulate and do, it never seemed to be enough. It never seemed to work out. It never seemed to satisfy and fill and do what it needed to do. It seemed to go by quickly, and it always went and never lasted. You know why? Because it wasn't blessed. It never lasted. It didn't seem enough because it wasn't blessed. You see, when God's blessing is upon something, it is always enough. When God blesses something, no matter how small it is, it will always be enough. God is able to take what is not there and give you something. He is able to take five loaves and two fish and make it enough. He is able to take the small that we have and turn it in to more than enough. You see, when God's blessing is upon something, we don't have to worry because he will make it work. He will make it last. He will extend it and cause it to happen. But God's blessing wasn't upon what they were doing because they were doing it in their own strength, in their own might, in their own way without regarding any regards for God. They were doing it on their own, believing that they could do it. Today, I believe God is calling us to look at what's happening to us to give careful thought to our ways. You see, in a world where we're so busy all the time, right? Most people, if you ask them how they're doing, think about it. They'll say, oh, I'm so busy, right? Oh, I'm so, I'm good, but I'm so busy. Things are so busy. And while that's good, it's important for us to slow down and look at what we're doing. We all have the same amount of time in the day, We all have the same amount of hours. How are you spending your time? What are you spending your time on? What are you doing with the time that God has given you? These are some questions that I want you to think of, and you're going to see them on the screen. And I really want you to think about it, to think about these questions. What are you spending your time on? Are you spending it only on watching TV or movies or doing your own hobbies or activities? Are you spending just wasting it all the time? 
Or are you investing some time in kingdom things, in things that will last to build God's kingdom, to worship him? What are you spending your money on? What do you spend your money on? You see, where we spend our money is often where our priorities are at. What are you spending your money on? How are you treating other people? Your family members, your coworkers, strangers. How do you treat people that you know and people that you don't know? How do you speak to them? Are your words encouraging? Are, are, they, are they encouraging and building up others? Or are they breaking down? And are they negative? You see, it doesn't matter how many Bible verses we can quote or how many times a year we go to church. But if we do not treat others well, and if we don't show mercy and compassion and grace and love, then it doesn't matter what we know because it means nothing. How are you treating other people that you know and that you don't know? What do you do when no one is watching? What do you do when no one's around, when you're by yourself or you're with people who don't know you? Do you act the same way? Do you do things that you know are pleasing to God? Do I help others or am I only focused on myself? Are you only focused on your own needs? God is calling us to consider our ways, to consider these things. And these are some hard questions that we need to ask ourselves that we need to think about. Do I have a bad or sinful habit that I need to change? Are there some things in my life that God has showed me that I need to get rid of, that I need to work on, that I need to ask him to take that away? How am I representing Jesus in my everyday life? Am I even representing him in the things that I do and how I conduct myself in the places I go and the people I come in contact with? How am I representing Jesus? Have I even made a personal decision to trust in Jesus? Have you made that decision today? Because God is calling us to consider, give careful thought. Have we made that personal choice? Have I neglected worshiping God and giving him the time he deserves? Have I neglected worshiping him? You see, just because we come to church or watch online once a week doesn't mean that we're giving God the time he deserves. How many of you eat more than one meal a week? Put your hand up. I, I would hope that you eat more than one meal a week, right? You see, if we're only feeding our spiritual selves one day a week or a few times a week or only eating snacks, right? If we're only feeding ourselves quick verses or, or quick little, you know, devotional readings, and we're not spending time in God's word, then we're starving ourselves spiritually. Think about that. Are you satisfied spiritually? Because God has given us a spiritual buffet that will never run out. Are we using it? Are we feeding our souls and feasting on the word of God? You see, these are some hard questions that we're called to consider, that we're called to ask ourselves that God wants us to look at. The harder the people worked for themselves, the less they had. 
The harder they worked, the less that they seemed to have. They ignored their spiritual lives, and God's blessing was not upon it. It's the same for us today. If we put God first, he will take care of our deepest needs. If we put him in first place, he will make everything else fall into place. The people had not given God first place. They had not given God the priority he deserved. So their work was not fruitful. It was not productive. Nothing they did lasted. Nothing they did mattered. Their material possessions may have come, but it did not last and it did not satisfy. You see, what they were concerned about was doing their own thing, building their own lives, building their own material possessions and accumulating their own thing. They neglected God. Are we busy building our own lives, building our own careers, building our own families, homes, accumulating wealth, doing this and that, engaging with this and that, but forgetting to worship and give God first priority. Think about it. He's calling us to consider our ways. God took away their blessing because they were no longer putting him first. I don't know about you, but one thing that really bothers me, Miss Debbie, maybe you're like this too. One thing that really bothers me is when I see little pieces of something on my floor. Does that bother you? You know, I could be sitting down at my table, and this actually happened, no joke, last night, okay? I was sitting down and working on my message and going through the scriptures, and I look, and I see under the table, you know, these little pieces of something, okay? And, and I'm a clean freak, so my, my house is clean. But, but I look at it, and you know, I have to get up, stop what I'm doing, Clean it up. How many of you need to confess that? Okay, so I'm not the only one. I have to clean it up because I just can't, I can't, I know it's there. You know, if I don't see it, it's one thing. Pray for me, please. But, but I have to just get up and clean it because I know it's there and it's just going to bother me. And you know what it is? You know the fuzz or what do you call it? The sock lint? You, you know what I'm talking about that comes off your socks? This happens in our house all the time. It's just my husband and I. And I have told Parik, I have begged him, I have pleaded with him, I have bargained and negotiated and told him how this drives me crazy. But yet it's still there, right? It just, I don't know why. It just bothers me so much. You know when you take your socks off or even when you walk with your socks sometimes, you know, the little fuzz uh, lint falls. And it just, it just really gets me mad. And, and so one day I just had enough, right? And I said to him, listen, I am so busy and I do not have time to clean up your socks fuzz. I was just so upset. And, you know, he's a very chill person, right? Different than I am sometimes. And, and he says, love, did you ever think that maybe it was your socks? You know, maybe it's your socks that are shedding, right? And my first response is, how dare he, right? Did you, what did you just say to me, right? <laughs> how, but then I thought, and then he showed me, it was coming off my sock. It was coming off my sock, right? You see, sometimes. 
sometimes in the midst of things going on, we don't always stop to say, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the reason that this is happening. Maybe I'm the problem here, or maybe it's because of me that this is happening. Because we're so quick to blame others or pass on that, that blame or, or pass that on to someone else. But oftentimes, it's hard for us to look at our own lives, look at what we're doing, consider our ways, and say, God, maybe I'm the problem here. God was trying to get the people to look at their lives and to see that what they were doing, how they were living, their priorities were the problem. They were the problem here. That's why nothing lasted. That's why nothing satisfied. That's why they never had enough. Because they were the problem here. Are you the problem? Am I the problem? Are we the problem as to why certain things are happening in our lives? Or why certain things are happening in our world? And I know that's a very, very difficult question. And it's not always because of what we do. That's why things happen. So I want to make sure that that's clear. However, there are reasons sometimes that things happen and they are directly because of our actions or our behavior or what we're doing or what we're not doing. You see, Jonah, when God called him to go to Nineveh to preach the word and to help the people change their ways, ran in the opposite direction. If you read the story, he boarded a ship. And when he boarded that ship, as soon as he got on and they set sail, everything was good, and all of a sudden, a raging storm came. And the people around didn't have any idea of how this storm came. What's causing this storm? What's happening here? But Jonah knew why the storm had come. He realized... I'm the problem here. It's because of me, that's why. Are we the problem here? Are we the ones who have to change certain things? Ask yourself, am I the problem here? You might be the reason that your blessing hasn't come yet. You might be the reason that you're going through the financial hardship that you're going through. You might be the reason that you're in the big mess that you're in. You might be the reason that things didn't work out in that relationship. You might be the reason that you're going through what you are, and maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. Not always, but we need to ask ourselves. Maybe I'm the one. You see, God called the prophet Haggai to point out to the people what the problem was. He had given them a rude awakening and told them, I am not going to bless what you're doing. In other words, since you don't want to make me a priority, I'm just going to withhold. The heavens are going to withhold every blessing that I've been giving you, and let's see how things work out for you. You see, without God, they were not able to get ahead. Without God, they were not able to prosper. Without God's blessing, they were not able to make little much. Because they neglected God, God wanted to teach them a lesson and show them that without him, nothing was going to happen. Is God trying to teach us a lesson in our lives? He says in verse 11, I have called for a drought on your fields and hills. 
a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. The Bible commentator says, grain, grapes for wine, and olive oil were Israel's major crops. The people depended on these for security while neglecting the worship of God. As a result, God would send a drought to destroy their livelihood in order to call them back to himself. God was teaching them a lesson. God was teaching them a lesson. He was taking away the blessing and seeing how far they could get. So they understood that they were dependent upon him. You see, when we've come to rock bottom, the only place to go is up. And when we come to a place where we're so broken, that we're so broken down, it causes us to realize, God, I need you. That without you, God, nothing I do matters. Without you, nothing I do lasts. Without you, nothing I do seems to make a difference. Because truly, his words are true when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. It is only with him that things can last, that they make a difference, that we build together. They wanted the best benefits of God without having to serve God too. Isn't that true for some of us today? Isn't that true for so many? That we want the benefits of God, but we don't want to put in the time, the effort, have the responsibility, take the time. May you make it a priority to read and study the word of God. May you make it a priority in your everyday life to spend time and communicate with God. May you make it a priority in your life to regularly give to the work of the Lord. Give him what he deserves and what he has called us to give. May you make it a priority to worship God and deepen your spiritual relationship with him. Haggai's message turned them around. It motivated them to pick up their tools and to continue building the temple, to continue doing what they knew needed to be done. You see, it caused them to make a change, to make the change that was necessary in order for them to rebuild the temple. When they realized it was their fault, that things were happening because of them, that they made the change that was necessary. God's people began to obey the message of the Lord their God when they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent. You see, what they did was first they listened. Okay, in verse 12, they listened. Then they obeyed. And then it says they feared or reverenced the Lord. They saw that there was a problem. They realized it was their fault and they knew it was time to make a change. Their attitudes and their priorities had completely changed and they understood. They understood that we had been neglecting God. We've been neglecting God. We've been putting him off for too long and this is the time for us to make him a priority. Have you been neglecting God? Have you been putting him off and putting off the things that you know you need to do? Have you been putting it off? Today is the day where he calls us back, where he calls us back to make him a priority, Amen. to put him first in our lives. Amen. 
to build our lives around him, to make him the center and the priority. That's why God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, not because God wanted to kill his son, but because God wanted to make sure he was Abraham's priority. He wanted to make sure that I'm your first love, that I am the one who needs to be put first, that you want to please me in everything that you do. You see, God wants us to take care of his business first. He wants us to put him first. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added onto you. When we put God first, things just happen. Things just fall into place. You see, our math and God's math are different. He takes the little and he makes it much. He blesses and he makes it always enough. While the people were using their time, their money, their talents, their resources to do other things, he called them back to make him a priority. Today I want to challenge you to consider your ways, to look at what's happening to you and to seriously ask yourself, am I the problem here? Is there something that I've done or I've been doing that is hindering my relationship to, with God? Are there certain people in my life who are hindering or discouraging me? The, the Jewish people said their neighbors were, were discouraging them, they were hindering them. Are there people around us who are hindering our relationship instead of helping? Ask yourself that. Are there certain things that I've been doing or not doing that are causing, causing me to neglect God? Are your friends causing you or encouraging you to neglect God? Is your boyfriend or girlfriend causing you or encouraging you to neglect God? Is your husband or wife maybe doing something to encourage you to neglect God? How are you spending your time, your money, your talents, your resources? Are they pleasing to God? Or are they causing you to neglect God? And once you've looked at what's happening to you, like the Jewish people, may you make a change and make God first. May you make that change and put him first. Are there things around us that are happening that we've been blaming, that are causing us not to worship God the way that we should? You know, are, are, have we been making an excuse? Have we used COVID as an excuse for far too long to neglect the worship of God? May you consider your ways and may you make a change. And may we all, myself included, strive to make God the priority in our everyday lives. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that it has been a challenge, God, and it's not necessarily feel good to be called out on some things that we've done or that we haven't done. But we know that, God, you want us to do better. You want us to go deeper. And there's so many things that you still want to do in us and through us. And so, Father, we pray that you would help to make us clean vessels. 
that you would help us to renew our relationship with you and to give us a right attitude, that you would help us to consider our ways and to make a change, that, Father, you would bring to mind things that are happening or things that we've done or maybe haven't done that we need to work on and change and we pray that above all, God, as you help to refine us and to make us better, that you would help us, God, to put you first in every aspect of our lives. And so we thank you for what you have done. We thank you that because you sent Jesus to pay it all, that we have this opportunity to be made right in your sight. And so, Father, may you continue to help us day by day as we live out the lives that you have called us to live and put you first. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.